Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here in person with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. What a special occasion. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So today is a very special episode. These don't happen that often where Julie and I are in the same location. I'm in Los Angeles. We hopefully will get to check out everyone's favorite in the limelight sponsored restaurant, Sushi Park, later this week. We have not gotten the chance to yet. And we have had no, unfortunately, we've had no Leonardo DiCaprio sightings, as is usually the case when I'm out here. A trip is not complete. I know. So we have to figure out how to track him down tomorrow on the Lake Beach Volleyball Court, probably. But we have a lot to discuss this week. We are going to talk about a new family member for Meghan and Harry and a controversy swirling around young Prince George. And just to loop back to, isn't that what Ansel Elgort said? You get off a flight to Los Angeles and you pretty much stumble onto a beach volleyball. I know. I feel like this trip will be a, a resounding disappointment if I don't figure out a way to see Leo. We will also check back in with the Big Little Lies cast and listen to a few calls from fans. Thank you so much for calling in and giving us your messages, your pronunciation notes. Uh, We appreciate every single one of them. And if at some point you want to hit pause and phone in, the number is 347-790-0966. We would really love to hear from you. I'm really excited to play these calls. I know, but first, let's talk about Meghan and Harry's new family member. Yes, so I think some of you pointed this out to us. We were excited to find out this weekend through, I guess, so far, these are all unconfirmed reports. <laughs> I love that I'm, I'm acting as if this is like the next uh, like Watergate or something. But unconfirmed reports that Meghan and Harry have a new dog. Uh, Julie, what is the story? So people confirmed this through an unnamed source so i'm so curious who the source is but per the report the couple got the dog believed to be a labrador in early summer and the pooch has been joining them at their country getaway in the cotswolds area in nottingham cottage at kensington palace in london people confirmed the news noting that harry and Meghan's move mirrors that of his brother prince william and kate middleton who got cocker spaniel lupo shortly after their wedding Harry and Meghan's new best friend will be a welcome addition to their rural walks. Dog lover Meghan, 37, had to leave one of her pets, Bogart, behind when she arrived in London from Toronto last November when the couple got engaged. The rescue dog, a companion for Meghan's beagle guy, was given to friends. It's kind of crazy that basically... (laughs) Like, Bogart just got replaced. Right. So they're upgrading to, like, a a local. But there's always a mystery around why Bogart didn't make the trip. I know. I feel like we needed some sort of statement. God knows Bogart needed some closure. Some sort of closure. And this is not it. I feel like it's so soon, especially considering her other dog, Guy, has really been getting, like, the A-plus VIP treatment. Guy was with her on her wedding day, right? At her feet, while she was getting her makeup done, there was also a photo that went around, I 
believe earlier this summer that showed Guy in the back seat of a Land Rover with Queen Elizabeth. Guy is like probably hazing this new dog. Like Guy's already been at the royal wedding and in the car with the Queen and then this new dog comes in thinking like he's the new hot thing. Right. And so they say that Megan gave Bogart to friends, but I would really just love, even if the friends maybe tweeted out some sort of status health update, I want to do a wellness check on Bogart. I'm kind of, it's kind of crazy to me, no intrepid Canadian journalist, or God knows we should be traveling to go do this, have tracked down Bogart. Is this our calling? I know, I feel like, I feel like it shouldn't be too hard to find Bogart. Right? Someone must know. Right, put together a hashtag, you know what? I'm going to Toronto. Oh, yeah, for the film festival. Next week. Maybe should I just fill my suitcase with, like, Bogart posters? I think you posters? need to stop by Jessica Mulroney's house. <laughs> go see the Soho house where they hung out. I think you need to do a full-on a case the joint situation of, of like, okay. Markle hotspots. That makes sense. Kensington Palace has been reached for comments, but they have issued no statement no confirmation i kind of think it's amazing that like reporters are reaching out to the palace about this dog acquisition and the palace won't comment as if this is such like high classified information um but apparently they did the same thing with lupo i was seeing a journalist say right i just don't understand why they wouldn't confirm it because wouldn't this be good pr yeah this seems great especially considering all the markle family drama swirling around i know i feel like we need this i want like a kind of great photo op of like all three of them out together the dog harry and megan but what do you think about bogart i don't know it is a weird element but i feel like there's something we don't know about bogart there was some reason maybe he's at a better place like megan felt like i don't mean dead but like i feel like maybe there's some she felt like it was better for him to stay somehow right i don't know i have lupo and the new dog hung out when are we gonna find out the name of the new dog I know there's so many details. Like, they don't even really peg down the kind of dog this is. Yeah. I mean, I guess we kind of, at some point, we're just going to have to find out, right? <laughs> right. We're going to have, they're going to be photographed at some point. I think that the idea of the kind of this being good press, I feel like the palace should not overlook that. I know. We need like a sunny little royal moment right now. I'm also that you brought Tom, now that you brought Tom up, I'm curious why we haven't heard from Tom. I'm sure Tom and Samantha have some hot takes. Why haven't they waited on the dog situation? Like, why is this dog getting more love than we're getting, you know? Ugh. Well, if anyone has any insight into us, particularly... I gotta think Bogart's whereabouts, that's what we're Please. most interested in. But also about this new dog, what name, what name, if you had to guess what genre of name, knowing that she likes the names Bogart and Guy, I feel like that's what makes it kind of tricky. These kind of old Hollywood I know, vibe. like Bacall, but you can't have Bacall and Bogart separated. Bacall could replace Bogart, though. I feel like she could do, like, Tracy, like... Oh, I like that. Or, uh... Well, who's a good old Hollywood star? Newman? No. No, I like that. I like that. I really have no idea. Maybe Harry will get to name it? I hope Harry. Yeah, this is kind of his first run at fatherhood. Also, how come we don't hear about any British royal family members who have cats? Are they just not cat people? That's a really good point. Maybe because the Queen is such a famous corgi owner, it's kind of like... Do as the leader does kind of vibe. 
I like that. A good point, though. And yeah. you're a cat person. Yeah. <laughs> I am a cat person. Yeah, but send us your hot tips, your intel about Bogart. Yeah, we want to know. Okay, let's talk about a very different kind of royal story. Uh, Prince George was caught up in a hunting controversy. It seems crazy, though, and I even was thinking about this when we were talking about discussing this, we were, Julie and I were discussing, like, it's kind of crazy that people are referring to this as, as though Prince George decided he wanted to go on a big hunt and, you know, sent out a paperless post to all the royals <laughs> to, like, in advance of the weekend. But... The story is that George went to Balmoral, which is the Queen's summer compound, this weekend. It was a motley crew of all types. It was <laughs> Kate, Charles, Edward and Sophie Wessex and their kids, and then Princess Anne and Zara Mike and Zara and Mike Tyndall. Um, so William was there, but somehow wasn't actually referenced in this initial story. So I don't know if that means he wasn't there for the day of the hunt or what. Um, but that was the crew that went hunting and George, Charlotte and Louis were there for the weekend, but they were not, it's only George is referenced in the report from this sun magazine reporter, um, who was the one who broke this story, Emily Andrews. She said that they all went hunting after like a lunch with George for grouse. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I um, love that in the script following this, there's a section that Josh wrote just simply titled, What are Grouse? Natural question. Which well, I wanted to look it up before we discussed in detail. And the answer is, grouse are a medium to large game bird with a plump body and feathered legs. Um, wow. So basically it's just a bird. A bird. And <laughs> George, but grouse sounds so much more British and kind of fun. Um, or not fun in this case, because these poor grouse are getting hunted. <laughs> um, but George was taken to his first grouse shoot on Friday by Kate. But in my words, the whole thing is confusing. Because is George... Kate, does Kate hunt? Right, does, does she... Kate hunt? That's one question I have. There's obviously no photos of any of this. We don't really know what happened. We can only go off of what Emily Andrews is reporting for us. But she's acting as if George was there and was at the hunt... But, like, I don't think he actually shot the gun, right? A five-year-old isn't being handed, like, a hunting rifle. Right. So but does that just mean he kind of watched? He witnessed? He was on the sidelines? Can you? Is it a spectator right. sport? I would assume. And I highly, I mean, I'd be surprised if Kate kind of gets behind the, you know. Especially after the, the controversy over him just holding a toy gun. Right. So, that, so in fact, I was actually thinking, we were talking about if this was, like, George's first sort of, like, controversy swirling around him, but the toy gun controversy from a few weeks ago. Um, so I do feel like maybe, you know, there's that element of things. Though, obviously, the royals hunt. I mean, like, William and Harry have hunted. Obviously, we've all seen the crown. It's a big part of, like, the royal tradition and um, I, I guess part of the tradition is once the men shoot the birds down, the women go and wring the birds' necks. Do you think that happens now? In 2000, the BBC reported Queen killed a bird with her bare hands. And it was a big animal rights campaign situation mm. because she was photographed wringing the neck of a wounded pheasant. Okay, pheasant at Sandringham House in Norfolk. She was watching the first pheasant shoot of the year on Saturday when a Labrador brought her the injured bird. She took it from the dog's mouth and used bare hands to kill it. 
But the palace said her actions were not cruel. She was putting the bird's suffering to an end. It was clearly the most effective and humane way of dispatching the injured bird, said a spokesman. God. I know. We went through, like, a dark little (laughs) rabbit hole here. I don't know how this... I mean, and the the responses to Emily Andrews' tweet where there was an array of response. The reason this is so controversial, obviously, is, you know, well, I'll read some of these tweets. Uh, Not a fan of these so-called traditions. Didn't William visit a sanctuary in India and vow to continue his crusade to protect wildlife? You can't have it both ways, my dear William. Ooh, I'm loving this person. Someone, uh, Sarah, said, why don't they break tradition and let George hold some baby grouse chicks instead? Much better optics. Hire this great person. Idea. Yes. Again, with the dog story, with this story, there's ways for the palace could really be using this. Um, another user whose name I didn't copy in. I don't understand why George is the focus of this story. He probably had no idea where he was being taken. I'm sure he was happy to be going on his drive with his mom and grandma. I feel like that is you. <laughs> That's me with my uh, yeah, quote unquote, didn't take the name. I do feel like the palace should know at this point that this kind of story is not going to go over well. One question I imposed at the end here is where were Megan and Harry? They were kind of weirdly MIA, even though they're on vacation right now. We don't really know where Megan is in the world. But do we think potentially Megan knew this was going to be happening and decided not to go so that she wasn't involved in the whole hunting scenario? I was kind of wondering if that was something. I very much see that. I see her as passing on this. I don't think she would have allowed. She didn't want any part of this. I don't think so either, because I feel like she... There's no way she's down with this hunting tradition. And so I feel like maybe an easy... Maybe she even started fueling the like Megan does solo trip to Canada Megan goes here because like that almost creates a sense of like she's not around right so that like there's enough of a cover for whenever this hunting thing is happening even if she was there I know this is just a bizarre choice on Kate's part but I don't know I'm curious I know but I guess and also like the fact that William isn't really mentioned in the report I know there's a lot of it's, it's sort of an iffy I feel like we should take it with a grain of salt, this whole thing. Raises more questions. Yes. All right, well, let's transition to another favorite in the limelight topic. Right, how do you I know, transition I from hunting to... I know, there's really no suave way to do this. <laughs> big Little Lies. Our gals had a big, huge week. They finished shooting season two last week. Nicole posted on Instagram... Feeling so grateful to my Big Little Lies family on our last day of shooting season two. You have all inspired me, supported me, made me laugh and cry. Big love to my sisters and Meryl Streep. Um, I love some of the commenters on Nicole's post, though. Also, I was surprised that Nicole actually went in and responded to some of the comments and said, thank you so much for the support. She did? Yes, but listen to a few of these comments. I know you love to golf. Heart emoji, golf emoji. Nicole Kidman loves to golf? Already I know. I'm like shaking up. 
and I would like to gift you an elegance glove. They are the most luxurious golf glove on the market today. Please message me your assistant's email to arrange shipment. I'm so disappointed Nicole didn't respond to that one <laughs> with like her mailing address. Right? Chatty Patty 515. I watched the entire series on DVD last year when I broke my arm and was out of work. May have to subscribe to HBO. Love the series. I love that someone had the gall to post this. Just saw your recent photos. It looks like your photos are getting better with time. I-M-O. Winky face. Not sure I even under... That seems like, almost like a dig, but it's... Or a compliment, but... No, that person should have been automatically expelled from Instagram. Time. Okay. Um, Nicole has also called the second season a beautiful journey with her Monterey sisters, especially the one and only Meryl Streep for believing in us. I love how that makes it seem like Meryl's like the team coach who's kind of like like putting them into the playing field. I know, right? Uh, they also debuted a sneak peek last week. It was just a few seconds of footage, but a few s- seconds of Meryl in that brown, blonde... Yeah, a few, a few of you guys tagged us in that, which it was like a very short, brief cameo in the like HBO upcoming series. I, what did you think of the wig look? I mean, I have never seen a shade, a duller shade of brown hair. It's like I don't know what they. I almost want to speak to like the wig maven. What do you call the wig person? The wig master. I think we both know. I don't know why I'm saying this. Like we've talked about it a million times. He just like looked over his shoulder. As we both know, a bad wig can really throw off. I feel like that can become a distracting element. I know. There's nothing I'm more excited for than Big Little Lies season two. It's like getting me through 2018. But the wig gave me a little pause. It gave me a little pause, but it also excited me just to get to see Nicole act opposite that wig. Like, that's the biggest obstacle she's ever encountered. Well, doesn't Nicole... I'm trying to, like, visualize it. Because Nicole's wig... Nicole had a wig last season, right? That kind of bangs thing? Yeah. No, I feel like up. Nicole God, operates in wigs these one. days. Yes. Yeah, Nicole's <laughs> always wearing some wig. I think that's what's throwing me off. Um, it did make me... It did make me excited, too, because I feel like we don't know a lot about the character other than that she plays Alexander Skarsgård's mother. But I kind of wonder, I just can't wait to see who this, like, person is going to be. I know. Because the wig doesn't... Give us much. It doesn't give us much. It doesn't seem like she would be much of a threat. And then, but, I, but I also, for some reason, I'm expecting her to be, like, an adversary for them. What do you mean? For Nicole and Reese's character somehow. Like, I feel well, like right. she's going to come in and, like, really cause friction. Well, I hope so. That's, like, the... I want the that appeal. sort of standoff. Right. Um, she's wearing, wait. like, a scarf. I guess the fact that there's this much kind of, like, conversation to be had about, like, a three-second little clip shows that, like, we're not even... Like, I can't even imagine how exciting it's going to be when we actually get, like, a full trailer. I know. Meryl Streep has had the same hair and makeup person for the past, like, three decades and always goes... For all her projects. For all of her projects and always goes into, like, very micro detail on what each character looks like. So I'm so curious, who was the inspiration for this look? 
Oh my god, I would die to see like the mood board for whatever this character was <laughs> oh, that like god. Meryl and her or whoever this person is put together. Right, I'm sure Nicole and Reese were like, Meryl, you do whatever you need to do. And then right. they didn't think she would take it that far with a wig. But um, I also missed this quote. Apparently, well, Meryl was promoting Mama Mia 2. Someone asked her about Big Little Lies mm. season 2. And she said, I love having the girls as my bosses because they understand, Streep shared. Like, we have lots of big, fabulous, drunken meals together. Okay, Josh, please begin to parse the statement. Okay, so I guess I'm not so shocked that they have big, fabulous, drunken meals together. Because remember when we talked about the bowling night? Yes. And the other time, I'm kind of just curious the full dynamics of like how integrated is Shailene is and everything is always of interest to me um I also am curious if they're equally you know I feel like when Meryl's around you kind of more like on your best behavior and like the idea of having like I, I, I feel like even a Reese or Nicole who are obviously as A-list as you can get still feel a little nervous and why wouldn't they when Meryl's referring to them as my, girls? I, I love having the girls as my boss. Okay, because they're the executive producers. But that's... There, I, there's a lot of dynamics. That's right, like the power there. dynamics. That's, that's, the shade and the pi- power like, dynamics. Because, like, Reese and Nicole, I guess, are her boss. But then you have Nicole saying, you know, it's all in the name of Meryl, you know. So, look, I feel like there's a lot of, like, this deference they're all making to each other. But they're all three Emmy winners. Or, sorry, Oscar, Oscar winners. winners. yeah. I can't wait. And then we have this interesting goings-on of this past weekend when Nicole and Reese hung out extracurricularly. Which I didn't even catch this. Josh was on the case. Well, I... Because sometimes I want... We've talked so much about the Nicole Reese dynamic. Julie and I basically stalked (laughs) them around the HBO after party. But the Big Little Eyes co-stars, Nicole Kim and Reese Oyspoon, this is on E! News, they reunited on stage at Keith Urban's Nashville leg of his graffiti you world tour didn't (laughs) make much more sense to me (laughs) anyway uh they if you follow reese on instagram and nicole i think they both posted there was a whole lot of storying happening this weekend i immediately screenshotted i i showed it to julie uh i mean whoever thought we'd see this i mean this should be like in the louvre or something it's a reese posting her and nicole with the cat ear a rabbit cat what is that <laughs> i know it's, it's weird it's like it's a hybrid animal it's like some sort of bunny nose with yeah. like a weird rodent ear with the bunny nose instagram or fil- instagram story filter they're having a blast it's like girls night out they kind of did a whole um series where Reese was kind of teasing where they were going. Like you didn't really know when you were following along on their Instagram story. And then the reveal was that they were at a Keith Urban concert, which was very like adorable, I thought. Yeah. And then I guess the most exciting thing, and Julie and I are definitely most excited about this, Nicole and Reese got brought out on stage by Keith during the show. And these two lucky fans, I don't know how they got selected, but can you imagine, you're at a Keith Urban Ugh. concert, you get to go on stage, and you get not only a Nicole Kidman cameo in your kind of selfie on stage, Reese is there as well, and Keith very sweetly introduced them both and asked who in the audience was a Big Little Lies fan. 
and it's kind of incredible. Like, if you, he had brought us up on stage and surprised us with that, we would have combusted in that moment. And Reese, and he does a whole kind of situation, we'll post this, um, when they come up, Reese takes the photo and Keith makes some reference to how good Reese is at, like, crafting and curating a selfie. He says, right. like, we're in really good hands with Reese, and Reese kind of situates herself. Oh, it's so good. The lucky fans are named Sharona and Christina. I guess they were best friends since kindergarten. They posted the picture on Instagram. And um, how much... We need Sharona to call, call... Sharona, if you're ever... If you listen to this, if you if anyone listening to this knows Sharona, we'd love please. to get a voicemail from her to let us know what it was like for her on stage. It was a really sweet sweet moment so i'm happy for sharona i'm happy for christina i'm happy for everyone yeah me too all right speaking of voicemails that we want from sharona we have a few more to play after last week yes let's start it off it looks like we this caller did not leave his name so he's gonna have to call in again and leave his name um let's listen hey uh love the show uh, my question is for um, for Nikki's performance. Since it wasn't at the VMAs, how was the energy in the room? Because didn't she perform like at a separate venue or was pre-recorded or something like that? I thought that was a bit odd. But how was the energy in the room when she was performing? Were people paying attention, or was it just like one big bathroom break? Thanks again. Love the show. And I will be tuning in next week. All right. Goodbye. Ah, amazing. I love this caller referencing how Josh went to the VMAs, was in the audience. So this is a very, I love the kind of specificity of this question because it was a, it was an interesting part of the night, which I don't feel like I talked much about last week, but they had kind of been touting before the show that Nicki Minaj's performance was going to be piped in from a kind of high-profile New York City location. So I was very confused when I saw her enter the auditorium. Auditorium? I just, as if this is like an middle school Assembly, gym or something. Yeah. Enter the auditorium, by which I mean Radio City Musical. Um, <laughs> like five minutes, you know, after the start time, because I was wondering, like, how is she going to get to this location, come back? Then it became clear when they announced her performance and they played it kind of on the screen in the room that it had been pre-taped, of course. But it was from the Oculus, which is funny because that's where our office is. Um, It's it's like that huge space kind of right underneath or near the World Trade Center. But I guess they taped it the night before. It was a kind of strange. I'm not really sure I understand what they... I, I mean, it was... She wasn't sitting in her seat, I do not believe, when they played her performance. But there was no illusion of that it was actually happening real time. And I feel like it was kind of confusing for the audience because we're just, we all knew Nikki was in the room. Right. Or had been in the room, but then we were watching this pre-taped performance. So I feel like it was kind of a languid, low-key energy. People were kind of whispering, taking bathroom breaks. Actually, the people sitting near me, um, it was I was sitting near Nico Tortorella and then the guy who was Catfish. I think that's when they took like a bathroom break and went to get popcorn. And when they came back, they were like, Oh my God, we miss Nikki. And I was like, Oh, it was pre-taped. Like, cause I feel like, I feel like it was a little bit of that kind of thing where people felt like they could take a bathroom break or do whatever, which I thought was kind of weird for one of the most high profile performers of the night. Right. There must be some reason they wanted to do it that way, but 
it was the energy was not great in general for the whole night and in that moment was especially low all right and then our last call is from hi julie and josh this is barbara i'm calling from houston texas i have been an avid listener of your podcast and i just um I think I tweeted this at you guys, and I wanted to talk um, to leave a voicemail and ask why you're not talking about Nick and Priyanka, especially because Priyanka is such a good friend of Megan, and now that she's engaged to Nick Jonas, um, and then there are reports that they went to see um, Megan and Harry in London right um, at the time that they got engaged. So can you guys shed some light or shed some insight on this new relationship? Um, and engagement and future wedding that's going to be pretty huge, I think, um, for an interracial background and also, obviously, the connection to Megan and Harry. Love you guys. Can't wait to hear. I hope that you do play my voicemail. Bye. We love you, Barbara. I feel like we need to listen to her message every time before we record. Just that enthusiasm is infectious. Josh, do you have any dates on Priyanka? I mean, it's a good point. We haven't really focused much on Priyanka and Nick Jonas. Or, I mean, honestly, like, we talked about Haley and Justin, but there's been a lot of these quick engagements this summer. This was a fast one. Um, and Priyanka and Nick was a very fast one. I also heard a tip, I won't say from who, Ooh. that when Priyanka and Nick went to the Met Ball together, because they were both with the same designer... I think it was a year ago, though, not this most recent Met Ball. Um, they had a very flirtatious energy, he said, the whole night. And they, like, they were kind of making eyes and talking at an after party. So I think there was a, a crush in the mix for a while. Okay, so maybe it was even long distance. Maybe they had started communicating, So there was messaging. definitely some connection before. So it, the fact that the engagement happened quickly may not have been so sho- as shocking as we think. Um but yeah, I did look up after we got this voicemail just to see if there was anything about if Megan was going to be able to attend the wedding. And People.com ask, acts as if, I love who would be the source on this, but they say that following reports of, oh, sorry, this is from E! News. Following reports of Jonas and Chopra's engagement last Friday, a source told E! News that Markle was very excited to hear the news. And People Ooh. says that there's nothing stopping her from going. There's, you know, there's no reason she can't go. So they believe she'll go. I think she'll go. I feel like she has to go. But I'm so curious what the double date dynamic will be. And, and Right. So Us Weekly said that, they, that Nick and Priyanka did visit Megan and Harry's country home not long before Nick proposed. I mean, what that dynamic is... I can't even... What Nick, Jonas, what? and Prince Harry having to make small talk just boggles my mind. I feel like Harry would pretend to get a phone call or something. I mean, maybe they could... I could see a reality in which they vibe. I could see... Wasn't Nick Jonas in some, like, MMA TV yeah. show called Kingdom on DirecTV? I could weirdly see I'm it if... i curious where this is going. If Harry had, like, tuned into a couple episodes. Mm. Because that show just seemed so laser-focused, yeah. directed towards kind of a bro-y type of guy. That that's And they do both vaguely have the sense. Like, I could, yeah, I could see them being both into, like, going to Vegas to watch a fight. That kind of guy, yeah. Yeah, or, like, they both want to watch the game or, like, hit the golf course. I don't know. Harry, but Nick has that more than Harry. Right, right. Well, I don't know. Maybe they get along better than we think. 
Also, right. there's an age di- there's an age difference there. Nick's like 25, Harry's 33. I guess it's not that crazy. I know. I'm so curious, but I love that. Great, I- great, but great point though that we should be discussing them more. We're gonna stay. We'll stay focused on, on them. Um, but keep the voicemails coming. These are so fun. We love hearing what you guys think, and you have alerted us to a lot of things we should be addressing. Yes. All right. Well. So I think that does it for this week's Los Angeles edition of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. And the number for the voicemail again is 347-790-0966. Also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelights. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, no no bad bad energy. energy. We're so in sync now that we're in the same city. That was the best we've ever been. It's already making me sad that I'm going to have to go back to Uh, All right. Bye. Okay, bye.